listening to the coffee hour i'm andy bates i'm sarah golseth thanks to concordia university wisconsin for supporting the coffee hour find out more about concordia university wisconsin at cuw.edu live uncommon recently storms have been uh coming across the the southern parts of the united states i know there are more storm storms headed this way today we're going to check in with pastor nathan windorf at saint paul lutheran church in harlingen texas pastor windorf thanks for being our guest today on the coffee hour thanks for having me Pastor, for those who are not familiar with Harlingen, paint a picture of the community for us, the the location and then what the community is like. Sure. Harlingen, Texas is uh, located on the border uh, of Mexico uh, in the Rio Grande Valley, or we just affectionately call it the Valley. It's kind of situated between uh, two larger cities of Brownsville uh, to the we- uh, to the east and McAllen to the west. And uh, Harlingen has about 70,000 people. Uh, the Rio Grande Valley itself is about 1.2 million uh, people uh, that that find their home here, although we have many people who join us uh, up north in the wintertime for uh, some beautiful weather that we have down here. Uh, our community is uh, 90% uh, has, uh, identifies as uh, Latino or Hispanic, and it is the Harlingen-Brownsville metro area is considered uh, the lowest socioeconomic metro area in, uh, in the nation. Uh, about 35% of the people live below uh, the federal poverty line. So a lot of need, a lot of, uh, a lot of work, and a lot of opportunities to proclaim the gospel. So how have hurricanes impacted uh, your community in the past? The last major hurricane to hit uh, our area was in 2008, was Hurricane Dolly. Uh, and that was a pretty major hurricane uh, that kind of stalled over the community. So it dropped a lot of rain, a lot of flooding, a lot of wind damage. Uh, and uh, so uh, this area kind of gets some hits pretty hard. It doesn't rain very often, but when it does, it all comes in once, uh, whether that's a hurricane or like we've had the past two summers, uh, a lot of flooding because of uh, rain events. Uh, in fact, last year we had 15 inches of rain fallen three and a half hours, if you can believe Whoa. that, in one area that just overwhelmed the system. Um, and so we've we've gotten used to dealing with lots of rain coming at once. But unfortunately, this last hurricane, uh, the, the, the systems in place just allowed uh, the water to flow out. So a lot of that flooding was, uh, was prevented. So tell us about how uh, your congregation and your community were, were impacted by, by Hurricane Hannah. Sure. Well, it was an interesting hurricane. It kind of, you know, it, it hit us a little bit by surprise. We didn't think it was going to be a hurricane that all of a sudden it turned into a hurricane rather quickly as it moved across the, the Gulf of Mexico. Um, as a congregation, it was it was interesting. Everybody was able to hunker down, get in place and, and shelter. Um, it, it, some of the interesting thing is a category one hurricane when it finally made shore uh, by uh, South by Padre Island, not South Padre Islands, the city Padre Islands, the actual island uh, in Kennedy County, uh, which if there's any place in the nation that a hurricane can hit and do the least amount of damage because there's only 404 people that live in Kennedy <laughs> County. Uh, but 
when you know some of those people, those 404 doesn't matter how many it is, they're, they're your friends, they're people of your congregation. Uh, so throughout the hurricane as it's making landfall, uh, we're texting uh, to the people that live there and other people in our congregation, checking in on people, seeing how everybody's doing. And everybody uh, weathered the storm pr um, pretty well. It, it was uh, the hardest hit, uh, I would have to say, are our farmers. Uh, we have a lot of farmers and ranchers who are also a part of our community. Uh, and the cotton crop uh, has been completely destroyed. Uh, the sesame yeah. crop completely destroyed destroyed. Um, so just talking with some of them last night, they're, they're a little bit down in the dumps. Uh, many of them have, have insurance. So that's, you know, that's, that's good. But, you know, of course, you'd rather harvest all this work that you put into uh, to making this, uh, to bring about that crop and then not to have it there. Um, many of our people are still, um, most, most of them are restored with power. However, I think I saw the last uh, notification, there's still 30,000 people in the valley without uh, electricity, which is, which is hard because, you you're um you're in a very hot area you, you need the electricity just for the air conditioning um and uh so th that's kind of the main effect our, our congregation itself uh, our church campus uh was affected we had some uh, water get into the building um and actually a really cool story in the midst of this hurricane um we have security cameras throughout our campus and um i got a notification from our our, our dce that the, the sanctuary door was open uh, in the midst of the hurricane, this is about 1030 at night, and um, it had been propped open, like somehow it had blown open in the hurricane, and it was stuck open, and water's coming in. And so I'm trying to find somebody closer to church. Nobody's able to get out because the streets are getting flooded. So I get in my SUV and I'm able to make it to church campus, um, kind of navigate through places, trying to avoid the flooded areas, uh, and get on the campus and realize that... Um, that door was propped open, be able to fix that, and then started to survey the campus. And we had a lot of water uh, that had uh, covered kind of half our sanctuary. Um, one of our buildings had roof damages. Um, water got into our early childhood center and under kind of a lot of other doorways where it just had blown in. Um, but yet a cool thing that happens in the midst of this. So I go back and I realize I'm going to spend the rest of my night at the church um, because it just would be safer than to go back out in the streets. And as I walk out to my car to get some more stuff, um, there's a man at the doorway uh, who's huddled there and shivering in a, in a raincoat and he's got his bike and you can see he's got a plastic bag that's filled with all his possessions, a, uh, a man who is currently homeless by the name of Tony. And so of course I invited, invited Tony to come in and he's just so grateful, you know, that he's coming out of the storm. He tried to seek shelter in just this little alcove we have, but uh, wanted to get him in out of the storm because we're still in the hurricane, strong winds, a lot of rain coming down. Uh, and so Tony and I starts talking. And uh, so I spent the next, uh, the next all night uh, with Tony and then, and uh, in the midst of it, yeah, as I'm trying to use the shop vac, getting the water out of the church and other places that it had come in, Tony's like, where's the mopping bucket? And <laughs> and, uh, and uh, he's like, let's find it. I'm going to help out here. And so he spent all the time mopping the, the floors of our sanctuary uh, while I'm using the shop vac. And uh, another one of our staff members, uh, my associate, Pastor Mauricio, was able to make it in too as well. And so he got another shop vac going and uh, we were able to, the three of us, get all the water out of the building by, by uh, 5.30 in the morning. And of course, I, I told Tony to stop after a while because I realized, you know, Tony's going to be going back out. He didn't want to stay very long. So I'm like, okay, you got to get some sleep. So so uh, you you rest, we'll continue to work. And uh, the next day I got to see Tony because uh, Monday uh, we, we were holding a food distribution uh, for our community. We had uh, 320 boxes of uh, produce, fresh produce, 18-pound uh, boxes, uh, along with 64 gallons of milk that we were distributing. And so Tony stopped by and and he just, uh, I mean, he was just in tears, just so thankful. He's like, you didn't have to open the door for me. You didn't have to open the door for me. And I said, you know, I think God opened the door for you because I wouldn't have come back to the campus unless that door was propped open. 
and uh, it was there. And so I came to secure it. And then it turns out uh, there was another plan that God had in store for both of us uh, that evening. And uh, it wasn't just cleaning water, it was making a new friend. And so uh, Tony and I got to visit some more Monday and just talk about that. And so it's been, it was, it's, it's, he works through it. He works through it. Hmm. That's amazing. And how interesting, what a, a reflection as, as you were sharing that story, how a relationship started with water. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> always, always. <laughs> what a beautiful image there. Right. And how, it, how has the pandemic affected your recovery efforts? I know you mentioned it's, it's been a while since a <laughs> major hurricane has come through, right. but um, you know, with stay at home orders and things like that, or social distancing, sure. uh, how does, how has that infected or affected your recovery efforts? So the article I think says it the best this morning that I saw that the, where we are in the Rio Grande Valley, we are the hotspot of the hotspot of the hotspot right now. <laughs> oh, uh, man. I was like, okay, that's a great way to say it. Uh, uh, yesterday, the statistics for our County, we had 600 new COVID cases, uh, and, uh, another, um, uh, a bunch more deaths. Uh, we do have uh, six refrigerator trucks, I understand, at the various hospitals that are so- storing the bodies. We're having to wait for over a week to do funerals right now. Crematoriums are over a week in terms of being able to um, uh, perform, perform the cremations. So we are uh, we are very, very hard hit. I was in a uh, conference call yesterday with a chaplain who is in one of our local hospitals, and he was just explaining just how quickly after Memorial Day, uh, we just we just got slammed. Uh, our hospital system is slammed. It's overwhelmed. Um, they're taking over city buildings now to be able to house COVID patients because there's no more place to put them. Uh, the U.S. Navy has sent in medical teams. We have a U.S. Navy team that's working on one of our floors, and we've had 200 of those extra nurses um, who uh, I think they, I can't remember the exact term they use for them, um, but have come in uh, to this, uh, to our community. And so this has really hit us hard. Um, In June, we were back, we had gone back to in-person worship in June, but uh, come July uh, after Memorial Day and everything went went through there, uh, we had to, we had to shut back down uh, meeting together in person and put a lot of different things in place because people are just having a hard time, um, following the guidelines and, and, and being that way. And, and we've had in our congregation, I know at least 30 people, uh, with COVID, uh, we have two, uh, in intensive care right now. Um, and it breaks your heart cause you can't talk to them. You can't get, uh, information out. And, and um, and then at the same time, you're trying to respond in, uh, uh, in, in the, not just the COVID, but into the hurricane. Uh, and so the one way we've found to be able to do that to really meet a need is to provide food. Uh, and we were already providing food because of COVID, uh, through partnership with the USDA program, uh, farmers to families, uh, which is coordinated through the White House and a local Valley Baptist uh, uh, retreat center that is uh, kind of coordinating the efforts for our area, where we um, weekly or, or twice a week go with our um, trucks and pick up pallets of food and then they're able to deliver that food um, as a distribution site on our campus. And so we continue to do that. So we got all the PPE stuff that we need for the people that distribute that and have about you know, 20 volunteers who show up each time we have a distribution um, and and help with that uh, to get that to the people who need it. Because when you lose your power during an, a hurricane, you lose all the food in your refrigerators. And so here you have a group of people who uh, already are, are um, uh, strapped for, for resources, and now you've lost everything in your refrigerator. Um, so trying to get just the food... Um, and uh, to to them is is one of the ways we're trying to respond in this moment uh, to to help out. So, how will uh, St. Paul continue to uh, share the good news of Jesus to the community? 
We have just about a, a minute and a half left. Okay. Um, we have the opportunity, you know, for those food distributions and at those food distributions, we've been able to give out um, the Lord's mercy endures forever, 40 daily uh, devotions of God's comfort through our um, disaster response teams, through the Mostly most world relief and human care. They have those great devotionals. And uh, so we've been uh, using those as a resource uh, to share with people. I got to share it with my friend, Tony, and uh, we were just talking about Jesus and the gospel and, and, you know, how God's working through the midst of this all and, and, and how his grace continues to shine through in the midst of uh, what we're all experiencing. And uh, so there's been some great ways to be able to, to do that. Um, being able to deliver to families in our community too. Um, it's not just coming to our campus, but going out uh, to local apartment complexes just across the street and, and just kind of just showing us, hey, the church is here for you and we're going to journey with you uh, in the storm, after the storm, and in the days to come uh, because uh, we don't just have the food of life. We've got the word of life, uh, and we want to share that with you. The Reverend Nathan Windorf, St. Paul Lutheran Church, Harlingen, Texas. Pastor Windorf, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today and giving us an update from uh, Harlingen, Texas. Thanks for having us. You listen to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Uh-huh.